everyone, and welcome to the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. I'm Josh. And the 2021 season is finally here. It's about time to play football again. I guess uh, watch football. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I, don't, I, don't I won't be like... playing, but... <laughs> Matt goes out for the pass, and oh my goodness, he just disintegrated. <laughs> I mean, I will yell from my couch and or the stadium about how I could do it better, but you know, I really can't. Or from Matt's yeah, house. Put me in, here. Correct. So, yeah, almost time to watch. In fact, this is the last weekend, I believe, without college football. Yeah, Tech does not play week zero this coming weekend, but they will start the weekend after against Mississippi State, and we'll have a preview oh, episode no. for that up next week. Yeah, oh, uh, no. oh no is, is right. Uh, <laughs> oh, but before God. that, let's go ahead and look at the season as a whole, uh, which again starts with Mississippi State, but fortunately does not end with Mississippi State. Uh, from the Bulldogs to the Rice Owls, uh, we kind of previewed each of these teams uh, a couple weeks ago, talking about uh, their strengths, weaknesses, what they got coming back, stuff like that. So that's not really what this episode will be. Uh, this is more of a generic a quick rundown of the football team this year. But before we get into the football news, let's go to the other kind of football. Evan, there's been some soccer news. Yeah, so the Lady Texter soccer team opened up their new stadium. I believe it's the Robert Mack Carruthers Field uh, with a 9 to nothing win over yeah. East Texas Baptist University or college. Et boo. Et boo, yeah. Yeah, the first Texter to score at the stadium was... Oh man, Lauren Egbolonu. Uh, oh no, I, I apologize <laughs> to Miss Ms. Egbolonu uh, for butchering her name. But she scored in the 13th minute, and Tech never looked back. Yeah, that Tech. I I believe I saw that 26 players played in this game, so there were a whole bunch of substitutions. Put me in, um, coach. Yeah, 26 shots. Yeah, it, it was a. Uh, a pretty pretty good night for the Texters, but unfortunately that did not carry over into Sunday. A hard fought um, game on Sunday though. Yeah, where the Texters were actually up two to nothing in the first half on goals from Emma Jones and or no, that was on a pass from Lauren, uh the previously mentioned player. And then uh another player, Macy Geltmeyer, scored again, but unfortunately Murray State was able to come back and score two two in the first half and then scored the winner in the 64th minute. So, um, unfortunately, you know, tech starts out one and one. I'm not sure if these games are like exhibitions or what, but looks like they count. Cause they're, they're in our record. So anyway, one and one start for the texters who were actually picked last in conference USA. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah. We finally figured out how bowling works. So it's time for us to, to get a handle on how soccer works, at least when it comes to which games are our regular season or, or a tournament or preseason or whatever. As our resident soccer expert, I can help with that. Okay. Um, also, I found a pronunciation guide. Uh, Lauren's last name is Abuleno. Whoa. Oh, sure. Okay. Okay. Well, I was <laughs> very wrong about that. So, or cool. Abuleno. Abuleno. Emphasis on the O part. I typed it up on Google and it gave me Ebola. Uh, I don't like think, it. Didn't, hmm. It didn't. <laughs> Did actually, Google give you Ebola? It, or? Didn't, yeah. it didn't actually give me Ebola, but the search result was Ebola. Oh, holy crap! She's from Ireland. Yeah, that's a country. That's interesting. So, she's from Cork, Ireland. Well, County Cork. And she, oh man, cultureless bastard. But yes. Hey, look, I'm just reading what's on LatexSports.com, Matt. <laughs> 
She's a freshman who went to Karenafoy Community College. Interesting. Oh, gotta find a pronunciation on that one too. The coolest um, thing about that, though, is real quick, is there's a lot of a lot of overseas youngsters that come to the United States to play at a community college or a major university program because they can't necessarily turn pro because they aren't at that level yet, but they are still miles ahead of the best players in the U.S. So they come over here, they tear it up, and they end up going back to Europe and signing with bigger clubs or signing bigger contracts for MLS clubs. It's a pretty cool thing available for people in Europe, but unfortunately is hindering the ability of the United States to get their own uh, youngsters uh, up to par with European soccer players. Yeah, well, so far, uh, Lauren has scored two goals and has one assist in two games. Uh, She only played 30 minutes in that East Texas Baptist game and and scored two goals. So, uh, yeah. As a resident soccer expert, that's very good. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, resident soccer expert, Matt. Thank you. That is my new name. Yeah, I'm hoping to go to a soccer game when I'm in town for the uh, Southeastern game in a couple weeks. What the fuck are you talking about? You live in Arlington. Just go see FC Dallas. I mean, a a tech. Mm. Oh, okay. (laughs) I was like, I mean, I go to just... a tech football game, go see a Cowboys game. <laughs> yeah. Or just go back to see the U S men's team play again. Anyway, we'll do that if they come back to Dallas. Anyway, sled football, football. Yeah. Transition football. One of the things I did want to do, this team is made up of transfers, almost like head to toe. It feels like there may be more transfers than not transfers. When you look at just the list of names in the two deep, I'm kind of curious what your thoughts are about, I guess maybe the roster makeup itself. Are you happy that we brought in so many transfers after a bad year? Or are you yes. worried about a 2012 like scenario where now that we have a bunch of transfers and once they're all gone, what happens next? It, what, what are y'all's thoughts about that? We're all going to die. Uh, it's one of those things where it's either going to be a one season wonder where tech just tears up the landscape of college football, or it's just going to suck really bad. And then all the sucks going to leave and it'll suck worse next year. You're welcome. I'm uh I'm super like into just getting a bunch of transfers this year. I mean, it seems yeah, to work but, best for Skip at this point. You know, pulling yeah, in the, but does it really help with the long term progression of the of the program? Uh, probably not. But I guess at this point, what else a, are we gonna do? If you can just attract great transfers every year, I suppose. It, I guess it mostly boils down to the quarterback woes. I mean, really. okay. So if you go position by position, especially on offense, I mean. We had two running backs left on the roster on January 1st because Izzy Tucker decided to retire early um, for for health reasons, I believe. Justin Henderson declared for the draft and left. Um, so we had Greg Garner and Harlan Dixon, and that's it. That's not enough running backs, so you got to go get more running backs, right? No, that's, so, that's plenty. Um, then we have the whole situation with Luke Anthony where, I mean, it looks like we thought he was going to be back, but whatever happened he's not going to be back he's not in camp right now so we pull in a a transfer quarterback um then you look at the offensive line i mean tell me you don't want transfers on the offensive line and i I don't know what i I can't i can't respond to that so um so i mean that's that's the bulk of our transfers right there you know and i'm totally down with each of those so i understand the argument like oh we should be recruiting talent and I mean, but shit happens, right? I, I don't know. And now the transfer rules have changed and the landscape of college football is changing. I, I'm totally down with it. I don't think it hurts our long-term uh, development. A lot of the guys that transferred in are not like grad transfers, like Austin Kendall is a grad, grad transfer. But, you know, Keon Henry Brooks is, I believe, a sophomore, the running back. So, I mean, 
if he pans out, like he's going to be here for three years, you know? So might as well be a freshman at that point or yeah. a high school recruit. If you're going to be here for three years. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of where I'm at. Long-term stability. Who really knows this new college football climate, yada, yada, yada. But really the bigger thing is I think if we don't bring in all these transfers and the team is as bad as we think it could be without all these transfers, that's even worse for long-term stability because who wants to go to a team that yeah. went two in 10 the previous year? Me. Is it you so you can walk on the team? Yeah. I'll just walk on and disintegrate. Well, I are we are we really even looking for any type of stability at this point? Are you do you just want to win? I want to win stably. I want to win. <laughs> yeah, I just want to win too. Want one really great season, uh, which is still going to be hard to come by. The competition's still very stiff, even with uh, the transfers that have come in. No victories, just a gimme. You got to go out there and compete. Are chances higher than they would have been without Austin Kendall? Some others, yeah, probably. But you still got to go out there and win. I don't think any of us picked Tech to beat Mississippi State or a few others on the schedule. So I don't. I mean, I we'll see what we pick in a second. That's later in the show. Jumping ahead well, a little bit. Well, I'm I'm not wrong. I don't think any of us are going to pick us a La Tech to beat Mississippi State. I well, went to now. Judging by past results, yeah, that's probably a safe bet. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, I mean. I, I hear you that like like as a whole you you look at it and you're like oh man there's 20 21 or whatever transfers like that's that's a lot but we had people leave we had position needs it's not like we just went out and said hey Austin Kendall you're available like come in and you know I don't think any of us would be confident if Aaron Allen was going to be the no doubt starter day one right which is too bad because I always thought the kid had potential but having a year to study behind someone a lot better than you are might lend itself to us not having to bring in a QB transfer next year. Well, there's also JD head who's supposedly really good. Um, he, he got some snaps in the bowl game after everything was over. Yeah. So next year there should be a pretty good camp battle between potentially Luke Anthony coming back. If he med- medical red shirts, uh, Aaron Allen and JD head. So that could be interesting next year, but yeah, any, anyway, I think we went out and got players at positions that we needed and, I mean, the running back room now is particular like it, it went from being one of the one of the weakest units on the team to being one of the strongest units on the team in a few short months just by adding who we added. So, yeah, I think I think the team is a lot stronger and, you know, for both immediate success and the long term sustainability of like, hey, we're we're if we go, you know, seven and five this year, that's a lot better than going two and ten. Not that I want to go seven and five to clarify, but yeah, yeah. I have news for you. I want to go 12 and 0. You mean 15 and 0? Yes. No, just 12 and 0. We just quit oh. after that. <laughs> no, bowl, no bowl game. Where have I heard this before? Bruce we're, we're done. He signs with the <laughs> La Tech to be AD for a day. He wins a contest. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh. yeah, so we've talked a bit about those transfers. We've talked about the quarterback and running back positions kind of at length here. Are there any other either players or position groups that have you very excited for this upcoming year? Yeah, the offensive line. Uh, I don't. I will say a position that I haven't given a lot of attention to. Maybe you guys can enlighten me and the listeners. Is a wide receiver. Who are we gonna? Who's Austin Kendall going to be throwing the ball to? Besides Griffin Abair, my best friend. <laughs> Griffin Abair, who benches like third most on the team somehow, even though he's a freaking wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, wide receiver is one of those one of those question mark positions, honestly, like there are some players like Isaiah Graham, whose name you should recognize Griffin, a bear, right. smoke Harris, 
but a lot of the yeah a lot of the guys i mean like uh wayne toussaint transferred out cj powell transferred out as well so i mean there's a lot of question marks there's some some unknown quantities you know that are coming in there's there's a couple of transfers there's a guy jared means who transferred in before last season but last season they hadn't passed the rule that said he could play right away so he comes i believe he's a freshman this year um and he's coming from tennessee there's another guy from umass samuel emelis who was like the number one receiver at umass but that's umass right so we really need a guy to step up and be the new adrian hardy on this team right so that's a big question mark hmm well <laughs> well then what are you excited for in terms of a position group on this team evan um i mean for me it's it's got to be the running backs uh like i've kind of alluded to already i mean just writing up that post that i did last week for the uh for the offensive transfers that came in i mean marcus williams would have been the starting running back for app state last last season but he got hurt in i believe week one and so he kind of lost out a little bit of that and wanted to transfer out because he felt like he would have to split carries and now he's coming into a new situation where he's probably gonna have to split carries because we also got the guy from Vanderbilt uh Keon Henry Brooks who's more of a a shifty guy he's not like a home run back or anything like that he's not fast enough to like outrun everyone on the defense but man if you watch his tape like he just shakes people like he just makes quick cuts and it's just so fun to watch and then of course we got Harlan Dixon who we're all excited about uh my my boy from Slido High and then, you know, Greg Garner showed flashes last year, too. And then we've also got the power back from Grambling. So, I mean, it's just like, like I said earlier, that that group it's went from being even, not even going to pass the ball. Yeah. Well, we we're going <laughs> to pass the ball just to the running backs, basically, because yeah, yeah. oh, Henry Brooks and Dick and Dixon are really good catching the ball from the backfield. So um, it's just going to be so exciting to watch. And all five of those guys are going to get carries like that's crazy. It's fantastic. Yeah. So I'm excited for them on the offensive <laughs> side of the ball for the, sure. The big bone formation. The I biggest want, I bone. Want, I want a five <laughs> running back, like two of them spread out wide, and then we run like a quadruple reverse or something like that. Quintuple reverse. Yes. All of them touch the ball, and then one of them passes it to, to Sex Austin Sextuple reverse. And tackled for a loss of six. <laughs> we run 100. one play the entire first half after receiving the opening kickoff, and it's just that we keep reversing until the time expires. <laughs> Uh, here's an interesting little stat about uh, Keon Henry Brooks, who has uh, four first names, if you include his middle name. Um, <laughs> he, for Vandy at some point in the season, over the course of three games, uh, ran for 302 yards on 72 carries, uh, which is an average of about four yards a carry. So if that's if that's your starter uh, and he's averaging four yards a carry, I think we can live with that. <laughs> Against SEC defenses. Yes. Yeah, on an awful team, too. So, I no, mean, Vanderbilt's great. Yeah. Well, they got a good um, medical school. <laughs> I mean, like, it's just a game plan challenge for the opposing defense, too, because you have to know which running back is in, and it, that will impact what plays you think Tech is going to call. Because if Henry Brooks is back there, well, maybe it's a screen pass to the running back. But if Marcus Williams is there, maybe it's, you know, so there's just all different kinds of angles we could take with that you know, sort of five pronged running back attack. And maybe that's too many running backs and one of them no, will, will slip out. Or I guess Harlan Dixon could technically red shirt because he's 
the COVID year didn't count as his this freshman year. This is not year. like the quarterback so, problem where you, if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. If you have yeah. five running backs, you have five running backs. I agree. Right. Run yeah. the ball. And, can, yeah. and not all five of them are going to be excellent. One or two of them could just suck out loud. And uh, you they do all have average that. 15 yards per carry. Well, if that's the case, then uh, <laughs> if, if that's really the case, and yeah, we're we're going 12 and 0. Yeah. Well, yeah. Then you really would not pass the ball. <laughs> Matter of fact, just do what Kenneth Dixon used to do when he was in high school. Just take direct snaps and just run. <laughs> they couldn't stop it. They didn't even have a quarterback. No, he was a quarterback. <laughs> he was he the was kicker a quarter, too. <laughs> quarterback, kicker, and middle linebacker. Also, head coach <laughs> and lead sperm donor. <laughs> Um, so, so that's enough about the running backs for now. Who, who are y'all excited about outside of that? Well, I had mentioned the offensive line. Uh, anybody got something they want to see on defense? Uh, defensive backs, really? I mean, safeties. <laughs> I well, I mean, we've we've talked uh, in one of the previous episodes about the uh, the corner position being a pretty exciting position. Uh, a lot of depth back there now. To uh, you guys told me some names. I know there was one fellow that was supposed to come over from Jackson State or Jacksonville State, and I think that that ended up not happening, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know the full story there, but he ended up transferring, I guess, closer to, to his home. I, well, I don't know what happened with that. Where did he end up going? Alabama State, maybe? Uh, well, that's good. I mean, uh, well, it's not good for us, but good for him for landing on his feet somewhere. Yeah, else. I was really excited about him. We, we talked about him quite a bit on our transfer episode. Um, yeah, I, I was looking was, forward to him. Yeah, he was like a shutdown corner uh, with – an absurd amount of, of pass breaks up breakups in his career. But we do, I mean, at that position, we've got Cedric Woods coming back after a really, really promising, uh, I believe it was his true freshman season last year. You know, you got, you got guys like Zach Hannibal coming back, trying to prove that they deserve a starting spot. I believe he uh, goes by Zeno now on his, at least on Excellent. the roster. Excellent. Um, but then we've got, I think, three transfers uh we got balen buchanan from tennessee elijah hamilton from vanderbilt and uh miles mason as a safety but um you know the three sec defensive backs coming in so those guys are all they have chips on their shoulder trying to prove that they're starters you know at the d1 level because for whatever reason they they didn't pan out at their earlier schools and they played lots of games you know played lots of snaps they just they couldn't solidify that starter role, so they decided to transfer him. Fifteen point fifteen picks a game. <laughs> per game. Wow. Yeah. Each or <laughs> or total? Each. Four hundred <laughs> four hundred stars and four hundred guitars. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think Balin Buchanan's the main one to look out for there. He was a starter at Tennessee and then he had a a, a spinal injury. Yeah. That kept him that. out of twenty nineteen and twenty twenty. Um, but I guess he's been cleared to play and he's been doing very, very well in camp. Um, and so, you know, keep your eyes out for him. He'll be, I think he'll be a day one starter um, opposite Cedric Woods. Yeah. And for my answer to this question of who I'm most excited to see, I'm most excited to see what was probably the best unit on the team in the 2020 season, the linebacking core. This isn't oh, yeah. a place where they got oh, yeah. a lot of transfers coming in, but you have Tyler Grubbs, Trey Baldwin and Zeke Barnett. They carried the defense last year. Tyler the Grubbs is the defense friend. wasn't great. The defense was good enough. And because of these linebackers is why they stood a chance. And so with the refresh to the defensive backfield, not as much to the uh, defensive line, but with a retooled offense as well, I'm really excited to see this linebacking core get even better, which is a scary thought if you're an opposing team. 
15 tackles for loss a game. <laughs> Tyler Grubbs was a was a freshman All-American last season, right? So yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah, yeah. he's he's yeah. very good. Expectations are pretty high for him. And it was that was weird because like reading, you know, Ben's fall camp reports last season, he wasn't really talking about Tyler Grubbs as, you know, a day one starter. It was that weird situation before the Southern Miss game where we had 30 players who were ineligible due to COVID and Tyler Grubbs just stepped up and, and he never looked back. I mean, he had a freshman all American season, just kind of out of nowhere. So purposefully gave COVID to his teammates (laughs) so he could start. What a savage. Well, that is allegedly, allegedly, just kidding. Yeah. (laughs) Allegedly by Matt. (laughs) Tyler Grubbs is one of the best parts of last season. And Oh yeah. To do it as a true freshman. Good Lord. Yeah, and crazy. Just let me list off the awards he got last year. This is just this one freshman season for Tech. First team All-Louisiana, uh, Football Writers Association of America, Freshman All-American, ESPN Freshman All-American, 247sports.com Freshman All-American, All-Conference USA Second Team, Phil Steele All-Conference USA Second Team, and Conference USA All-Freshman Team. Wow. He got a lot. Got a Freshman All-American, but couldn't get first team. Seems legit. <laughs> I think that there was a really, really good linebacker at like FIU or something. Rashad Wisdom, where's he at? He's at uh, UTSA. He's really good. He was probably first team. But anyway, yeah, no, that's a great pick, um, Nathan, especially, you know, given the talent that we have coming back. And then there's also some players that'll get minutes too, like Cody Fault behind him. He transferred in from McNeese last year. Um, and was supposedly going to get a waiver and then never did. So he had to sit out, but he was supposed to be the starter. So he's got to be pretty good. Um, so I'm excited to see him too. But uh, on the other side of the coin, what do you guys think is the biggest question mark, you know, position group or player uh, going into the season? Uh, I don't really know. I mean, I knew our linebackers are going to be great. Um, I should have brought that up earlier, but we just did. The only thing I can really think of is what about our what about our defensive line? Yeah, defensive line is an interesting one because I mean we all kind of thought Willie Baker was going to be the next Jalen Ferguson, and last year he he dealt with injuries, um, and I think didn't play at all. Um, yeah, I don't but, believe he played at all last year. But he's never been that guy other than the Hawaii <laughs> game where he had th- that was the Hawaii game, right? He had like four yeah. sacks. Um, I think it was. In Ferguson's last game. Um, yeah, so I don't I don't know if he's just and I think he was a pretty highly touted recruit when he came in, but hopefully he can be the guy we need to to wreak havoc on from the end. But outside of that, it's kind of like uh, a bunch of guys. I mean, Eric Kenzer is a name that probably sounds familiar, uh, but outside of that, it's a bunch of guys that haven't really proven anything at this level yet. So it'll be interesting to see. You know, who's who's the next Milton Williams? Who's the next, you know, in the conversation for being a draft pick, you know, sure. halfway through the season, right? Yeah, I mean, I think you nailed it right on the head about that. I think that this is not a place where we brought in transfer help. We're going to go with the guys that we have. And they weren't great last year. Yeah. Hopefully they improve. But really, this is the only place we asked, like, what position place or <laughs> what uh, position group are we worried about? And I can't think of another one that's not defensive line. Maybe QB because maybe Austin Kendall is not what we expect him to be. But defensive line is my biggest fear and question mark by far. Yeah. My, 
Mine is the offensive line because I know we brought in five transfers, um, including some dudes who have started a lot of games. Like uh, I think in my my post last week, we've got 40 combined starts at tackle between two of the guys that came in and uh, and Chris Fournier uh, and Sam Williams. Um, and, and there's a lot of versatility in that group of five guys too. They, some of them have played center and guard and tackle. Like, so we should be able to piece together a line and we got this new coach who's great on Twitter and seems really good. Uh, Dave DeGuglielmo, (laughs) um, (laughs) coach Googe, I guess is what he goes by, but I, I got to see it on the field, man. It was so bad last year. And that's like, I'm most excited about the running backs, but if there's no holes and if guys are just in the backfield to wrap up the running backs and bring them to the ground, like it's not going to be pretty, even if we've got the most talented running back group in the, in the conference. So, um, and it doesn't matter how good or bad Austin Kendall is if he has 0.2 seconds to throw before he's getting sacked, you know? So that's the biggest question mark for me. Uh, the defensive line is a good one though. And, you know, last year, the defensive problems were kind of two pronged. It was, there wasn't enough pressure up front for the pass defense to be as good as it maybe could have been because the quarterback just had too long to throw. And so it's not Cedric Woods's fault that the guy he's covering gets open yeah. after five and a half seconds. Yeah, he, yeah he's a fucking six second route. And it's like, well, what can you do with that? How many moves you got? Right. And so it'll be interesting to see because I think on the defensive side, the transfers we brought in in the secondary are really, really good, um, but we need pressure up front. That's the key to everything, basically. Levi Bell, please. Yeah, and, and there's some names there that like I recognize from when they got, you know, when they committed to Tech and stuff and how highly touted they were, like Deshaun Hall, Kivy Rose, um, the, the Bell brothers, uh, Levi and Ben. But, you know... We just need we need Willie Baker to be the player we thought he was going to be or one of these other guys to step up and be like, oh, damn, maybe this guy will declare for the draft at the end of this year, you know, because we've we've had that come out of nowhere the past few years. So hopefully that'll pan out and hopefully the offensive line will pan out as well. And just like to bring up a number for the defensive line, I think the reason why I'm not as afraid of the offensive line is because there's no way it can be worse. So fair enough. We say, yeah. so yeah, we knock say. On, I'm gonna knock on yeah. wood real fast. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'll go ahead and do it. Like, it would, I would be impressed if the offensive line got worse. <laughs> that would be a talent to be able to do. But for a defensive line, just in terms of sacks last year, we had Milton Williams, so four and a half sacks that he got. Jaden Cole, who I don't see on the roster anymore, uh, got two. After oh, he's that, a, he's a safety. He's gonna be a starting safety this year. Yeah. That's why I didn't even see him because he's not he's not a, a defensive, defensive lineman, lineman. <laughs> and he has the most sacks of anyone returning. After that, you have some 1.5s between Tyler Grubbs, a linebacker, and then actually some defensive linemen. But yeah, when you have more pressure coming from a defensive back than any defensive lineman other than the guy that just got drafted, it's a scary, scary position group for me. Yeah, I'm trying to even remember who else was on the defensive line last year. Oh, we had the Wilbon guy from Texas came in, Milton Williams. But yeah, I don't even recognize these names from last season. So like, that's how, like, there's no seniors. Eric Kenzer was a senior, but he's back because of COVID and someone named Chris Spence. Uh, But yeah, I mean, they just don't, they didn't stand out so much that I don't even know. Like, I don't even know which of these guys played last year. Um, That's on the two deep right now. But yeah, it's, that's. 
that and I think the offensive line, I feel more confident about than I feel about the defensive line. But if the offensive line goes bad, we're looking at another awful season. So uh, in the defensive line, you can kind of cover for a little bit easier. But anyway. Yeah. Well, let's let's say that this isn't a disaster of a year and both the offensive line and defensive line do their jobs at least well enough or possibly fantastically. If you had to pick right now who the Louisiana Tech player of the year would be, like the the team MVP, who do you think that award would go to if you're making that guess right Ooh, now and placing mm, a bet in Vegas? Man. Man, now I got to think is like are we are we winning a bunch or are we losing a bunch of games? Offense and defense or just Yeah, let's do, let's do just both. One. Pick an offense, okay. pick a defense. Okay, I got mine. Okay. All right, what go are yours? Ahead. Okay. It'll it'll be Austin Kendall. Okay. And then on defense it'll be Tyler Grant. Yeah, that's that's fair. I mean, I would I would take that because it's like the quarterback of the offense, quarterback of the defense are your players yeah. of the year. That that's a good. I mean, sign. It's, a, it's an easy pick, but y- you know, I'm gonna go with Marcus Williams um, for the offense because I think we are gonna lean on the run since we have so many running backs all of a sudden, um, and I just think Marcus Williams is the the easiest pick for like every down back here and like. Keon Henry Brooks may be in on special uh, formations and on third down, but Marcus Williams is the guy that's going to get, you know, 16 to 20 carries per game. If anyone on this team is going to get those. Um, So I could easily see him being the thousand yard back. And then we have, you know, maybe two, four to 500 yard backs um, with, with Henry Brooks and Dixon also having a lot of receiving yards, but um, defense, I'm going to go with Buchanan. I think, uh, Oh, okay. I think, he, from the sound of it, I mean, he was a starter at Tennessee in 2018 at corner, and he's got pretty decent stats and measurables. So I just think he's going to come to the to the CUSA, and it's going to be like, you know, a swan song for him coming back from that injury and having finally getting to play his senior year. So it's kind of that feel-good story that they like to talk about on our broadcast, too. So um, I'm going to go Buchanan for defense. So two newcomers for me as well. Hey, yeah. Bold choice. I'll go the other direction then. My offensive pick, I think it will be Smoke Harris. I think with Austin Kendall at quarterback, who has a good enough arm to allow Smoke to run downfield and just play, I won't say Roadrunner, but UTSA is in our conference, so that's probably not the best comparison to make. But basically, just run, and I'll throw it to you. Get past the secondary and... Austin Gondola just dropped the ball in there, which he should also get an award for, I guess. But I think this is the emergence of Smoke Harris this year. You have a QB that has the arm strength to be able to make him a deep downfield threat. Plus, coolest name in all of college football. Yeah, I mean, he gets the word based on that, but also this other stuff too, I guess. (laughs) On defense, the pick I'm making is Cedric Woods. Oh, another good choice. He was a great freshman who I think will only get better. I yeah. almost went Woods. He almost. would have been my second pick. Yeah, I I see this as an he is not a Meek, but I see him a Meek got was great his freshman year and got even better the longer he was at tech. And I see Cedric Woods making at least a similar arc, even if the arc isn't exactly the same. Yeah, it he almost has the chance to be the next Xavier Woods. Obviously, Xavier was ah. a was a safety, but Xavier Woods. Xavier Woods started his true his true freshman year as well. You know, he started and he was good, but there was room for improvement. And by the time he left Tech as a senior, I mean, yeah, 
he he was just like okay this guy is different right this guy is built for the next level and i hope that cedric woods um could have that same kind of development as well and i think his i think he is related to xavier woods he's his cousin they're yeah. cousins i believe that's weird it doesn't say that on the tech roster um in the personal section normally and, you know does. i'm probably saying this because i heard it from somebody else who parroted it to me so i'm could be completely wrong they're actually the same person <laughs> interesting that commute from minneapolis yeah. to Boston must be hell. Right. yeah you heard it here first and last because it's not true anyway all right but so that's enough talking about the members of the team let's talk about the team in general and who they're playing again we've talked about the schedule and kind of previewed the different teams that they're playing but to give a really quick rundown about the 12 teams on our conference and non-conference regular season schedule First up, like we said earlier, at Mississippi State, then versus Southeastern, then at home against SMU, a third straight home game against North Texas, then at NC State, at UTEP, coming back home for homecoming against UTSA, at Old Dominion, at UAB, at home against Charlotte, and then USM, and then back on the road at the Rice Owls on Thanksgiving weekend. So how do we think Tech does on this schedule? Do we think this is a... Obviously, we also said earlier, Mississippi State's not exactly a team Tech has done well against. But just kind of putting that game to the side for a second, what do you think the best case and worst case and just kind of your general prediction about how the season will go? All right, Josh. Okay, I'm just glancing at the schedule right now. I haven't done any too in-depth looking at, you know, strength of schedule or anything. Evan will handle that for us. Probably Nathan. Uh, I think best case this year, we go 10-2 and in the regular season. I I can't talk myself into us winning at Mississippi State or at NC State. I just, I know tech football and I've seen some great things from tech football, but this current iteration, I don't see them beating those teams, but everything else is within the realm of winning. So 10 and 2 is probably the best case I see going from this. I mean, that's as much as I can say about that. Worst case, maybe a 4 and 8 kind of, four and eight kind of year. I mean, there's no way we lose to Southeastern. I mean, I doubt we lose a UTEP. I doubt we lose to Charlotte. I doubt we lose a UA or not UAB, uh, Old Dominion. UAB will probably come back and kick our shit in this year if all things show horribly. So, I mean, you see, I mean, between 10 and 2 and 4 and 8, like my honest thoughts on the season is we go somewhere around 7 and 5, 8 and 4. It's just like a lot of these are non conference games. I mean, Southeastern will be, should be. I'm not going to say anything def- definitively because, you know, we've done this before, but Southeastern should be a win. But SMU, I could see going more than likely to, you know, Coach Dykes and the Mustangs. But, you know, who knows? We we might come out the cannon just ripping and roaring and just throw up 50 points a game just like them. So that's probably where I see 7-5, and 8-4, somewhere around there. So conference conference championship appearance or no? I am going to say no. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. I, just, so- I don't know. I would love it. It would be great. I just don't see us either getting everything together enough to beat UAB or UTSA or to keep them from getting one of the, like the number one spot, you know? Yeah. We're fucked. (laughs) That's fair. I mean, I I think for me, the best case is, um, I I think you're probably right. 10 and two is the, is the best case. Like realistically, obviously maybe we (laughs) sneak in and steal Mississippi state. Uh, but I can't, so happy. I I can't expect that to happen after the last few times we've played them. They hate us. They hate uh, yeah, us. Yeah, they saved their their good stuff for us. And of course, this is week one, but I mean it's it's within the realm of possibility. So I guess yeah. I'll say best case eleven and one. I don't see us beating NC State on the road. 
you know, first time out on the road since the first game of the year and it's October. I, I just don't see that happening. Worst case, I could see us losing, you know, starting out one and four with the with the victory over Southeastern, but nothing else in September. You know, let's see. So then we beat UTEP, lose to UTSA. That's two and five. Beat Old Dominion three. Let's see. Uh, I mean, the worst case, yeah, I think you're right. Like four and eight, five and seven, maybe would be the absolute worst case scenario. But um, the final, uh, I think my prediction is that this team is good enough to surprise everyone. And, you know, we're picked third in the division, I believe, behind UAB and utsa and i don't think utsa has earned that yet they beat us by one point last year and we weren't very good and we blew that game and let them come back on the road uh that we we were on the road i mean and we were up and and should have put that game away and just didn't and you know excuses excuses right but i don't see why they've you know they, they've been crowned as the future of the conference or the division and i want to say didn't they do this like in 2013 no like 20 15 16 around that time they were like oh we're gonna run the west and then they they did their coach and right um and and to be quite honest like nobody's really knocked uab off of that status even though we beat them last year they still ended up winning the damn conference um so i think the the my prediction is <clears> gonna <throat> be just like yours uh eight and four um maybe nine and three but the losses would be mississippi state nc state um, and either UAB or UTSA. So I'll say nine and three. We we split those games, UTSA and UAB, and we got to hope that somebody else, you know, knocks off um, UAB so that we can make it to the championship game. So hopefully they don't run the table. Um, so yeah, I, I'm going nine and three regular season, and I'll say we do make the championship game against uh, Western Kentucky. How about that? Ooh, spicy. Yeah. Matt, what do you think? Uh, Best case scenario nine and three. Uh, worst case scenario four and eight. Likely scenario seven and five. No conference championship. Bowl appearance. Uh, that could go either way. Obviously, I mean obviously, but I'm not really willing to speculate on whether they'd win that or lose it. But I think it's going to be a, a very average season. Um, one that when it's over, we'll probably be talking about some games we lost by just a couple of points and have some what ifs. But there's definitely not going to be a conference title appearance. Uh, I don't even think Tech's going to sniff it. Um, but there will be some fun moments. Uh, I'm always going to pick us to beat UAB, so I'd like, I'd like us to, and I think that we will, just because fuck it. Yeah, but <laughs> I'm down. I certainly don't see any situation in which there's an appearance in the title game. Uh, it's too tough a schedule. I don't know how well any CUSA teams are going to be. But I know that UAB, ever since the program was resurrected, has just torn it up. And I don't see that stopping anytime soon. They just seem to be able to recruit really well. And with a new stadium and new facilities, it's only going to get better for them. They could end up dominating the conference for as long as they want until they leave and to go to a better one. That's just kind of the way it feels right now. We're going to lose to Mississippi State. That's a given. Uh, we're going to lose to North Carolina State. That's a given. Uh, probably going to lose to SMU because Sonny Dykes has had time to work on that team. I don't know how good they were last year. I don't think they played a lot of games. But anytime Sonny Dykes gets to stay at a mid-level program long enough, he tends to be pretty good at making that team a good team. So I have that down as a loss. Uh, Tech could run, but 
best case nine and three, they lose those three and then run the table with everything else, which means they would win Kusa and then appear in the title game. But I don't see that happening. Uh, I'm excited for the season and I could be wrong about all this because this is, I've, I've now actively watched law tech football for 10 years, which is incredible uh, to say, but I've actively watched 10 years worth of law tech football. And this is the first time with the exception of my first year at tech that I don't really know a lot about this football team. So if they go out and inexplicably beat Mississippi state, whether it be an upset or they just beat the crap out of them, maybe they're a lot better than I'm giving them credit for. But I don't think anybody here can say that they really know how good or bad the team's going to be. You could say that every year, but I feel like there's a particular emphasis on that statement this year. So while, while I feel that the team will be very average, not as, I don't think they'll be as poor as the team that went six and six and stumbled into the bowl game. I just don't see, I, I just don't see how they would be good enough to win 10 games or even nine or eight games. I see them being good enough to, to make a bowl, hopefully win that bowl, but I don't envision a team that would be as good as, uh, let's say the 2012 unit or the unit that went 10 and three a few years ago, or I can't even, believe we did that. Yeah. Yeah. I- I just want to jump in real fast to say I'm looking at UAB's schedule and it's it's pretty brutal. Like ours, they play Georgia, man. Our strength be. of schedule is 110th, Jesus and God. UAB's is 70th in the nation. Yeah, so so uh, I, I mean, just UAB's schedule. They play at Georgia, which of course that is not a uh, conference game, so it doesn't really count. But they they'll beat Georgia once. They open I will their, commit oh Sudoku. <laughs> Sudoku. If, that's the way Asians kill themselves. So yeah, Sudoku. Uh, if if UAB fucking beats, are you all right? S- Sudoku is the number game, right? I'm not. No, no, yes. no. I am Asian. That's how you kill yourself. Oh, okay, yes. that's why so I said what you, I said. Death by trying to make numbers work in columns and rows and boxes. Okay. So UAB beats Georgia, and then I will have to block and mute UAB. On uh, Twitter, I'll have to go to John's house and fight him in front of his family. Uh, <laughs> I'll have to find Charmillionaire and run Char- him off the road. Charmillionaire will just be drunk. <laughs> <laughs> have to go run Charmillionaire off the road like Mad Max and uh, <laughs> hook his ankle to a car fender and give him a saw. Um, Which one was that? Uh, who was the UAB fan that kept telling us to eat shit? Oh, God. Ben Cagle. Oh, ben Cagle. Oh, ben that Kegel. guy. <laughs> I think he committed uh, Sudoku. Um, anyway, uh, UAB may have a harder schedule, but and really, who else do they play that gets them that that level? I mean, yeah, sure, Georgia. That's tough. I mean, Liberty's State- good. They open their new stadium uh, against Liberty, then play FAU the following week, then at yeah. Southern Miss, who's supposed to be better this year, yeah. then at Rice, who or then versus Rice, then they play us. So uh, and then they go to Marshall. So I mean, we're like in the middle of a span. I mean, Rice is. It's sure. Uh, Nathan, well, Nathan well, I'm, I'm still here. Don't don't yeah. be spurs rice. Oh man, well, rice I haven't said anything about it. But I'm rice is gonna eat, push her butt in. It would be uh what? <laughs> I uh, I uh, I would love it if UAB started off with like one and five or zero oh and six. I mean, obviously we oh, all man. love that. Beautiful. I just wanted to wrap up by saying I can be overly pessimistic about these things, and I've covered this, but. A few games into the season, 
all of our opinions could change. And I would like to revisit this because I'm hoping that I will be wrong and Tech will be a much better team. I just don't know because for the first time in 10 years, I don't know enough about the team and I don't think anyone does given all the transfers to really say how good or bad they will be. Uh, now, Nathan, how optimistic are you? Let's start with the pessimism. Yes. Ah, let's yes, let's start there. Outside, I'm looking at Massey right now, MasseyRatings.com at the tech schedule. Don't look at it right if you don't have it up, the three all on the call. Outside of the FCS game against Southeastern, what do you think the highest percentage chance that Tech wins a game is? Uh, like out, zero to 100, what do you think the highest percentage chance that Tech wins a game is? 69%. 54%. I'll say 73%. Josh is closest. It's 57%. Wow. Against North Texas. Start off the year, Mississippi State, 11% chance. Southeastern, Massey gives Tech a 67% chance. I don't believe... Whoa. I don't believe that. I, that's too high. Even like this isn't pessimism, Nathan. This is like realistic, Nathan. That is one of the biggest scares I have for the season as against a very, very good Southeastern FCS school. Wow. Um, yeah. So, uh, SMU 35%. So realistically, pessimistically, we could be 0-3 right now going into the game that is the highest chance of winning North Texas. But if you're 0-3 going into a game, you still have only a 57% chance to win. I, I don't really feel good about that. Your team hasn't really found itself or hasn't really succeeded together yet. So that could easily be a loss. Then at NC State, 22% is what Massey says. But who knows? You're playing an ACC school. That could be, again, another loss. Now you're 0-5. And does the rest of the season even matter? Uh, UTEP, UTSA. UTEP, okay, maybe they win that one. UTSA, they're good again. Old Dominion, maybe you win that one. And then you have UAB, which... Yeah, we beat them last year, but they always seem to have our number. You have Charlotte. I don't know anything about it. I keep forgetting they're in the conference, so I'll go ahead and say that one's a loss, too. Maybe we forget to show up to our own game lit. against them. They got club lit. Every time they win, their head coach goes out to one of the bars, and they get wild, supposedly. Oh, Lane Kiffin Jr.? <laughs> yeah, their offense uh, isn't that good. Southern Miss, who's had our number historically by quite a bit, and then even Rice. Rice is the final game of the season, and... Yeah, I have my thing where I always pick Rice to beat Tech, but even the pessimistic view of this, Massey gives Tech a 40% chance to beat the Owls. Wow. 40. Wow. So now... Does Massey <laughs> know that we have like a transfer quarterback in? that? That's, has... that's the prestige of this, is that Massey primarily uses the previous season's Oof. outputs, the scores and the schedules and everything like that to make these predictions. That's why going into optimistic mode, I don't think that any of this is anywhere near accurate. I am still scared of Southeastern. That's even optimistic me is scared of Southeastern. Uh, but it's very easy. We we start the season 0-2 and only lose one more game, and that would be a random Conference USA opponent. I think we can easily beat South SMU and NC State if we're as good as this team can be. That's a big if, but those aren't unbeatable schools. And then we probably drop the baffling conference loss to like Charlotte. Again, I keep forgetting. I, every time I look away from the schedule, I forget they're on there. Uh, and that would put us at nine and three. That's the best case. Worst case, I had that with only the two wins. And so the so two and eight or two and ten. Even in your best case, you're saying we lose to Southeastern and beat yeah. NC State yep. and SMU? I yep. fucking love that timeline. <laughs> I am all about that. No, we are not all Tech about losing lost. to another in-state FCS opponent. Directional. We'll beat, we'll beat NC State. If we go to... 
But last time we did it, we were in the, in the Conference USA Championship. I subscribe. Uh, and then we'll win the whole thing. I subscribe. We will win Conference fully. USA this year. And my optimistic view is also my official prediction. Tech goes nine and three and wins the conference. Oh, my God. I love it. <laughs> is this like what Alabama fans felt like when we beat them in 1999 and then they won the conference? Because, <laughs> yep. man... That I is guess. a dark timeline there, but uh, we'll we'll preview the Southeastern game. But uh, Southeastern has a scary that they're a scary half team. The other look, the other look, half man. of the team is not scary at all. Look, so if we'll we win see. the conference at this point, everything else is gravy. Like it does not <laughs> matter. Like False. that is the only thing we haven't done. Yeah, I I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> I, I was like, wait. I'm just listening, and I'm pretty sure Nathan just said we're going to lose to Southeastern in both of the worst and best case scenarios. Because we're going to lose to Southeastern. That's my new we're going to lose to Rice. Okay. This year, it's we're going to lose to Southeastern. And also probably Rice, but... Well, I mean, if we go with your best case, we probably don't lose to Rice, though. Yeah. But so, UTSA probably does? Sign me up. Yeah, take that. Yeah. Well, that was that I, was a wild ride. Yeah. I'm all in. Sign me up. Yeah, and what a wild ride it was. That about wraps it up for this episode of the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E or head to our website that has both a blog and a shop. That's at gtpdd.dog.dog. And the store is at gtpdd.dog slash shop. On the blog, there is a new post by Evan detailing all the new transfers. Actually, you describe it. Offense. Yeah, I wrote a two part um, post on all the new transfers we got in. So I know we did an episode on that a while back, but it's uh, just kind of a, a guide for you. When you watch the first game, you can be like, hey, who the hell is this guy? Oh, here's the GTPDD blog explaining who the hell that guy is. Uh, the defense one will come out this week whenever I have had time to write it. So um, pro- probably late this week. Meanwhile, in the shop, the August shirt of the month is starting to wind down because it's nearly the end of August. Uh, that shirt will only be available until the end of August and wh- where it will be replaced by a new shirt. Uh, that shop is gtpdd.dog slash shop. Um, also, one more thing before we actually end it. Starting next week with the preview episode of Mississippi State, the way that we had done in the past is by combining both our preview of the next week's game with a recap of the previous week's game what we're going to do instead starting this season is have two separate podcasts out maybe record at the same time and sometimes record them at different times before anyway but now they'll be released at different times so that way you don't have to listen through a recap of a really bad loss to southeastern before we're hearing our preview of smu so just keep an eye out for that and until next time i'm nathan i'm evan i'm matt i'm a hopeful tech fan and go tech please don't die Hey, just real quick, guys. Um, there's no way I can eat this quietly, so I'm going to scarf this down and get right back on. You could just mute yourself, probably. Oh, could I? Yeah, I think. I don't know how to do it on the phone. You did but... it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure I could. Okay. okay yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna eat this uh, suspiciously quickly, and then I'll be right back. Okay. All right, and we have Coda. <laughs>